Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank and praise you for all the testimonies that were given. And Lord, just opportunities to witness and, and just seeing you work. And Lord, giving us direction in our lives and moving us in ways that would uh, protect us and be a blessing to us. And just allowing us to serve you together as a church. Lord, we thank you for the love and the fellowship we can share as brothers and sisters in Christ. And just thank you for your blessings in our life each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verbs, but that would not be a bad exercise for us to do on Sunday nights. Uh, I don't know how many years it would take us to get through the book of Proverbs, but uh, uh, tonight we're just going to look at the first few verses. How many of you, now please don't raise your hands, but uh, I hope you've been keeping up on your daily Bible reading schedule that would have you read through the book of Proverbs once every month. And um, I will tell you that would be a habit that you would do well to uh, get and keep uh, to read through this book once a month uh, for the rest of your life would only be beneficial. Uh, somebody said that's why there are 31 Proverbs, one for each day of the month. And um, I will tell you that uh, you will never, ever, it doesn't matter how many times you have read the book of Proverbs, uh, you will never, ever get everything that is in here. And uh, what the writer is doing here in the first few verses is he's introducing us to the book and he's giving us some things that will, uh, that he's giving us what we will get if we will put the book of Proverbs in our hearts and in our life. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise, and their dark sayings. Now, this is the introduction to the book of Proverbs. Uh, Solomon, the son of David, is the writer of this book. And um, most people believe that in the very end there, the words of King Lemuel is just another name for Solomon. And uh, uh, many believe that when he talks about the virtuous woman at the end, he is actually describing his own mother Bathsheba. And uh, we really don't have any way to uh, know those things of a certainty. But uh, I will tell you this, reading through the book of Proverbs, we think of how bad and, and the immorality of our day. Uh, I want to challenge you, if Solomon's day was not as immoral as our own, he certainly wouldn't have spent as much time in the book of Proverbs Addressing those very issues. Uh, moral sin is nothing new. But we do not have to be involved in it. Amen. 
And so as we look here, it says the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Now, here's what you're going to get. To know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding. Now, how many of you can are a little older and you can remember what it was to be a teenager? Can anybody remember back to their teenage years and... Uh, I don't know if this happened to you or not, but certainly did to me. I heard instruction that was given to me. The only problem was I didn't think it was very wise. Anybody else there as a teenager? And while if I had just heeded to that instruction, if I would have listened to it, it would have saved me a tremendous amount of grief and an unnecessary pain in my life. The problem was I was too dumb to know what wisdom was. Now, Solomon here is saying, listen, I'm writing these things down. Most people believe that this book was written as an instruction manual to his son, Rehoboam. And, of course, we know what happened to Rehoboam. Rehoboam prepared not his heart. To seek the Lord. And because he didn't prepare his heart, he was not a wise king. He was a very troubled king. And it talks about Rehoboam being tender and young, but he began to reign when he was 40 years old. Now, how many of you would like to be considered tender and young and immature at 40 years old? I'll tell you, Rehoboam had some problems. And part of those problems was he didn't know what wisdom was if he had just listened. And sometimes what we need to do, uh, I think of all of the things that have been said in this past election cycle. I mean, I just just can't get it. I, I don't understand. Everybody's worried about the debt. So we voted for the guy that raised the debt more than every other president in the White House in American history combined. Does that make sense to you? I mean, I'm not complaining. The election is over. It's done deal. We're stuck with the guy. But when I hear the reasoning, I think it was Jason was telling me, a lady at work told him, yeah, Yeah, where the things that Romney's trying to do is making my health insurance go up. Now, wait a minute. Romney can't do anything. He was a candidate. He did not pass one piece of legislation. He did not even propose anything real the whole election cycle. Maybe that's why he didn't get elected. But the whole truth of the matter is there's absolutely nothing Mr. Romney could have done if he had wanted to, to raise your insurance cost. It's the guy that's in there that passed the greatest improvement in health care in our lifetime, Obamacare. If you believe that, you got lots of problems. Obamacare comes from an abomination, amen? Uh, we're, we're in trouble. I'll tell you what, I, I don't... I don't want to trust the government with my health care. How many of you want to trust the government with your income taxes? 
Somebody says, we've got to stop government waste. Uh, Yeah. But uh, as long as there's government, there's going to be waste. It's part of it. And so it's, it's really crazy. I mean, people do not even know what the difference between sense and nonsense. You know the thing that will help you with that? Study the book of Proverbs. You've got to know what wisdom is because God's wisdom does not always appear to be wisdom on the surface. That's why when we were young and teenagers and, and, and many people in, in our room here tonight were unsaved as teenagers and they were given things that were called wisdom and they knew that they were wise. No, they didn't. They couldn't tell the difference. So it says here to know wisdom and instruction. How many of you have ever tried to put it together without the instructions? 42 easy steps. Small print. A doctorate's degree, a PhD in engineering from MIT is very helpful. Uh, I mean... The same thing with wisdom. We're all have been given instruction. And you know what? I, I don't know. Let me illustrate it this way. I don't know how many people I have given directions, instructions on how to drive to our church. And uh, I, I think, I, am, I believe, I am fairly good at giving directions. But I can hear the attitude on the other end of the phone. Brother, do you have to be so tedious? Do I need to really know all this information? Yes, you do. Uh, How many of you have been down the Harlem River Drive and tried to get on the Triborough Bridge? Uh, You don't do that by accident. If you are not looking for that exit, you're going to miss it. Isn't that right? I mean, it is the hardest thing in the world. And I try to. Now, listen, it doesn't look like an exit. I had a guy call me. Yeah, uh, I'm down here somewhere, lots of tall buildings around. He said, there wasn't any exit for the Triborough Bridge. This was before they renamed it. And I'm thinking, to know wisdom and instruction. Oh, that we would listen when God gave us direction. That we would know the difference between what is wisdom and what is peddled for wisdom in this world. That we would compare the understanding that God wants to give us with what's out there in the world. And you will begin to see how ridiculous things are. But even if you can tell the difference, that's not good enough. But that is a start. To know wisdom and instruction. Now get this next one. To perceive the words of understanding. How many of you met somebody that convinced you that they really understood everything only to find out that wasn't all they were lying to you about? Anybody ever meet somebody like that? To perceive. 
to be able to see and comprehend the words that have understanding in them and what is simply foolishness. I I know I've told this story here and I'll try to just shorten it up, but they put a group of people into a lab and brought them in and set them down in this seat that was wired with electrodes. And they made sure that no one would really be injured, but they wanted enough shock in there to, uh, to really uh, give you a good jolt. I mean, to inflict a little bit of pain. And they put every one of these people in the seat and pressed the button and, you know, blew them out of the seat, literally. I mean, they're jumping up and, and, and got a really good jolt there. And then they said, okay, I pick you out of the group, sat that poor guy in the seat and said, press the button. You know what? Nobody would press the button. They'd all just gotten a shock and they weren't going to do it to this poor guy. Well, the next part of the experiment is a guy comes in in a lab coat. Looking like a doctor, he's got three pins in his pocket and he says, I want you to push that button. Every one of them pushed the button. You know why? Because that guy in the lab coat looked important. To perceive the words of understanding. How many times have you ever caught yourself, well, I just didn't think about it? Okay. The book of Proverbs is the cure for that. It is to know wisdom. If you know wisdom, you will know what is not wisdom. To know instruction, to know what is worthy to be listened to, to perceive the words of understanding. Now, this idea of perceiving, probably the best way to describe that is I can sit here and look at my Bible and I can perceive that there are words on the page. If I put on my reading glasses, I can tell you what the words are. Perceiving is a process. It doesn't just happen automatically. God's got to focus your attention I think the biggest problem we have today is people just don't listen. And the other problem is we have people who understand that and they explain things in such a way that you wouldn't be able to understand them if you were trying to. You ever met somebody like that? Well, you got to understand, this is a very complicated procedure, and only people who have great education could understand it. My favorite retort to that is, oh, you got to go to school to be that dumb, huh? Uh, it doesn't come naturally. You've got to be trained. And that's the way our world operates today. But if you want to solve this, you need to be able to precede the words of understanding. So it is to know, to perceive... Verse 3, to receive. How many of you have ever known what's right? And you sat down and you thought about it. And you perceived what's right. And then you went ahead and did it wrong anyway. 
Anybody else ever done that? Okay, here's the problem. You see, you know, you have perceived, but you haven't received. When you receive, that means it now belongs to you. So what are we doing here? We need to receive the instruction of wisdom. You see, just to know what is wise, that's the first step. That's good. To perceive the words of understanding, you know that these words, this set of instructions, that somebody who actually has done this before, who understands what is true and what isn't, now you need to receive the instruction of wisdom. The instruction that wisdom gets. How many of you have struggled through and have learned algebra? Do you remember that in high school? Somebody said, algebra is, serves no purpose. Yes, it does. Here's the purpose of algebra. Algebra 1, algebra 2, trigonometry. They teach you how to think. You know why they're not being taught in school today? Because that's not the goal. They're not trying to teach you how to think. They're trying to teach you how to obey. Just part of the crowd. Herdology, if you want it. That's where you just follow the group of everybody else and you do what everybody else does. Listen, that's not acceptable for the Christian. God didn't create you just to be part of the herd. And yet, how many times are Bible-believing Christians, are we accused of being mind-numb robots? You just follow what you say. Yeah, I know what the answer is. When you run out of everything else, you say you got to have faith. Well, let me tell you something. Faith is based on truth. If it's real faith. There's a lot of false faith out there. I don't know anyone that has more faith in humanity than idealistic communist. Communism says that everybody is going to go out there and put forth 100% effort and then give everything away that they have earned. Let me tell you, God did not design human nature to be that good. Maybe Tuesday night we'll talk a little bit about the pilgrims. They tried that. That's why almost that's why half of them died the first year. Nobody is good enough just to do everything and give it all away. God designed us. To want to earn things. Now, you can't earn salvation. Got to get over that. Humility. But everything else, God has designed you to earn. And it says here, to receive the instruction of wisdom. And if we follow this properly in the English language, let me just read this verse a little differently to you. To receive the instruction of wisdom, to receive the instruction of judgment, 
to, I mean, justice, to receive the instruction of judgment, to receive the instruction of equity. You see, all of these things are connected. And so instead of repeating that first phrase over and over again, we just connect the things that you receive the instruction of. Now, wisdom is the capacity of judging rightly in, rightly in matters relating to life and conduct, soundness of judgment in choice of means and ends, sometimes less strictly sound sense, especially in practical affairs, opposite to folly. Justice, the quality of being morally just or righteous, the principle of just dealing, the exhibition of this quality or principle in action, just conduct, integrity, rectitude, one of the four cardinal virtues. Now that's from the Oxford English Dictionary. That's not from a Bible dictionary. To receive the instruction of wisdom, to know what's right, to know what's wrong, to know what the outcome is going to be before you start. How many people have you met? Well, you really can't know something until you do it. Uh, Let me tell you, that and a lot of other dumb things come from the same place. Um. You do not need to know. I mean, you do not need to experience crime to know that it's wrong. You don't need to experience smoking a marijuana cigarette, being drunk with alcohol, any of this foolishness that is out there to know that it will destroy you. You see, that's what justice is all about. It's something missing from a modern American society. I mean, we got Al Sharpton running around. No justice, no peace. He doesn't want justice. Because if he got it, he'd be the first one going to jail. For evasion of income tax and misuse of public funds and, I mean, all kinds of things. Listen. You've got to receive instruction in order to be wise. It takes time. It takes a learning process. You know what? Justice is the same thing. How many times have you heard? That's not fair. Well, we're going to get to equity at the very end here because you can't get to equity until you have justice. Equity without justice. would simply be, okay, we got a, a man in the church that just lost a leg in an accident. So everybody line up, and we're all going to be one leg from now on. You know what? That's fair. Isn't it? You can't give him his leg back. He lost it in an accident, so we're going to chop off everybody's legs. How many is signing up for the fair doctrine? The fair doctrine is... We got one kid in the class that can only get a 50 on his test. So we're going to give everybody 50s. Only we're going to call them the new 100. 
It is the new normal now. Well, that's what we've done with schooling, is it not? You spend your first year in college learning things that you should have learned when you were in high school. They say it's moving now into the second year. And that most of the time in our world today, a bachelor's degree today is the equivalent, that's four years in college, is the equivalent of a high school diploma 30 years ago. That's a scary thought, isn't it? But that's where we're headed. Why? Because nobody knows what justice is. You've got to receive the instruction of justice. What's the next one? Judgment. Oh, my. Don't mark on that paper with a red pen. The student might feel like you're yelling at him. That was actually proposed. I don't think it's the rule in the public school right yet, is it? But that, that certainly has been proposed in our public schools. And let me tell you something. If there is a right, there is a wrong. And you, as an individual, have the God-given responsibility to put your decisions on trial and prove that they are proper, right, and biblical decisions. When I was a young man, I was doing floor maintenance in a nursing home, and uh, the, we were in the, uh, it was the nursing home that belonged to Cox Hospital in Springfield, Missouri. And guess who was in room 501? Mrs. Cox of Cox Hospital. I mean, this was a highfalutin place, and I, I was polishing the floors. And uh, so I'm in there polishing the floor, and... Um, of course, Mrs. Cox is there in her bed and uh, really is not talking or anything, but her daughter is there watching me. And she says, you look like a nice young man. What are you doing here? And I opened my mouth. She says, you're not from Missouri. Where are you from? Missouri, actually. Yeah, that's the way they say it. And uh, I said, well, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm here in Bible college. I'm over at Baptist Bible College studying to be a preacher. Oh, you're one of those, huh? Well, you'll get over that as you get older. You know what? I ain't got over it yet. In fact, I stand stronger today than I did back then. You know why? Because God's given me some instruction in judgment. And I found out that there are some things that are wrong and there are some things that are right. And the only place I can go to make sure that my judgment is correct is I got to put it in the Word of God to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. You know what? There's a world of difference between equity and fairness. Equity is dealing with others on the same plane. Fairness is just this arbitrary thing 
It says here the quality of being equal, impartiality, even-handed dealing. How many of you wish your boss, Peter's not in here so I can say this, how many of you wish your boss knew a little bit about equity in treating fellow employees and things at work? Wouldn't that be a good thing? How many of you in dealing with people try to be equitable, try to deal the same with other people? It's almost impossible today because when you deal with somebody that doesn't understand anything. I was working at the Board of Elections Tuesday and uh, the, the last election and I had this young man and, and I sat down at the table just to monitor what was going on there. And I'll tell you what, he was not keeping his records clean, straight. It was a mess. And you know what he looked? He told me? He said, everything was going great until you sat down at my table. I said, excuse me? I said, it wasn't going great. It was just you didn't know how wrong you're doing things. And he got up and left. He actually quit and went home because he can't count. I mean, we're not talking about complicated math here. We're talking about being able to count. You know, when you have a set of sheets of paper here called ballots and somebody messes up a ballot, well, then the numbers change. You will now have more ballots than you do voters. Because you have some in a folder over here that are no good. At the end of the night, you're supposed to be able to add all that up and prove that you didn't lose any ballots. That's kind of important in election fraud and stuff. And uh, you know what? He thought I was singling him out for mistreatment. And all I was trying to do was saying... Will you please just add the numbers on the paper right? Please pay attention. But he couldn't do it. You know why? Because he had no idea of receiving instruction. And by the way, there was no way that the votes would be miscounted. It was just simple paperwork. It, was a, it had nothing to do with the actual counting of the votes. But if you can't count the ballots, I'm glad he wasn't there when we counted the votes. Uh, the simple truth of the matter is, let's look, we've got just a few minutes to finish this up. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. Now this idea of being subtle or subtle is... Not uh, how to, uh, it's 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 a fairly subtle word to define. Uh, it's got shades of meaning there, and it's not talking about being tricky. What it's talking about is knowing how to handle things. It's understanding that there are just certain things you need to be quiet. How many of you have ever gotten yourself into big trouble by just saying something that was right the wrong way? Has anybody ever? Okay, you lacked subtlety. Uh, you need to get some. As a human being, if you're going to get along with other people, you've, you've got to learn a little bit of how to 
uh, not lie, not shade the truth. Somebody said, listen, what do you say when she says, does this make me look fat? You're going to lie. I said, no, I'm not. Well, how are you going to answer that question? I'm going to answer it. I like you just the way you are. Amen. Listen, the simple truth of the matter is we need to know how to behave. That's what this is talking about. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. I'll tell you, young people need knowledge. But more importantly than knowledge, they need discretion. I heard a preacher preach on discretion one time and then explain a very indiscreet thing that he did. Uh, it was just absolutely silliness. Listen, he sent a text to his wife. The only problem was he pushed the wrong button and his youth director got it. Now, discretion would have been having enough sense not to send that text to anyone. Call your wife up and talk to her if you want to, but don't send text. Be careful what you do. You say, but we're married. We can say anything. No. Other people are going to read it. Have a little discretion. Have a little knowledge. Think of the other people that may read this. We, we don't need anything risque in this world. There's plenty of it out there. We don't need innuendo. We do not need flirtatious. Somebody said, oh, but there's nothing harmful about a little flirtation. Talk to David and Bathsheba. You don't need that. Somebody said, well, Pastor, you just seem to have a wall between you and all the ladies in the church. Yeah, I intend to keep it there. You know why? Because I, I want to be discreet. A lot of times we get in trouble. Knowledge. To know what's right. Now look what's going to happen. A wise man will hear and increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. How many of you want to be wise? Increase your learning when you study the book of Proverbs. Amen. If you understand and keep this up, you're going to attain. You're going to get there. How many of you have looked in the mirror and said, boy, that was stupid. Why did you do that to yourself? Well, you just keep at it, my friend, because it says that a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. You can get a hold of it. There is hope for you. To understand these things that are written in the book of Proverbs. To understand a proverb and the interpretation. The words of the wise and their dark sayings. 
You know, sometimes God hides wisdom. He covers it up. You know why? Because he wants you to be careful how you handle it. You ever met a wise fool? Most dangerous thing in the world. They know how to do everything, but they do it all wrong. It's like a smart criminal. Boy, they know how to do it. You ever met a good liar? That's what this is talking about here. You see, God covers wisdom. Because if you don't handle wisdom properly, it will destroy you. And if you want real wisdom, you've got to study the book of Proverbs. There's a lot of things in here. There's hardly anything in your life that is not dealt with. And I've heard people turn the book of Proverbs inside out. How many of you remember, just one quick example, and we're done. How many remember a brother is born for adversity? That's in here. And I remember it was another Christian young man, and he and I just weren't seeing eye to eye, but we were in a situation where we had to work together. And you know what he said? He said, a brother's born for adversity. I guess you're one of my brothers. That's not what that proverb is talking about. It's saying when you get into real trouble, your brother ought to be there to help you out. Not that he's there to fight with. They're turning them inside out. And I've heard a lot of people do that to the book of Proverbs. And we want to be careful. It takes time. But if you want to understand the Proverbs... First of all, you've got to know wisdom and instruction. You've got to perceive the words of understanding. You've got to receive the instruction of wisdom, the instruction of justice, the instruction of judgment, the instruction of equity. You've got to be given, if you receive these things, you'll be given subtlety, the ability to know how to behave. You'll receive knowledge and discretion you will then be able to move to the next step and increase your learning and attain unto wise counsels. To be able to look at the Proverbs, the hidden and dark sayings of wise men, and receive help and counsel from them. That's what the book of Proverbs is about. You won't understand it all the first time you read it. You won't understand it all the hundredth time you read it. But keep reading it. God will bless you. He'll give you some things that our world just doesn't have. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the introduction here to the book of Proverbs. Lord, we ask that as you would guide us through the study here, that you would guide me in the preparation of it, and that you would guide our people in the hearing and understanding. And Lord that we may be wise, that we may learn these things and receive the instruction that you have for us. Lord, that we would not simply be deceived by all the things that go on in this world. Help us, Lord.
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Before we finish that prayer, we'll just give you an opportunity to add some of your own to it, and then we'll get into our prayer time tonight.